This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another episode of the Voice of the Land podcast. This is episode four of our second season. Kevin Arnold here is one of your hosts, and alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus. On today's episode, we are going to get into Brown's training camp, all the possible trades going on with the Indians, all the latest news there, possibly some comments made by a certain coach up north, and some other ancillary topics we want to get into and and get your guys' thoughts on as well after we post this podcast. Remember, you can always follow us at VTL underscore POD at VTL underscore pod on Twitter. Find Paulus at CLE underscore Paulus and myself at Kevin and seven on Twitter. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think of the podcast, what you want to hear. And remember, you can always find us on all the major podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple. Just search for Voice of the Land and you can find us. Like I said, this is episode four of season two, meaning this is the Brett Favre episode as he is one of the most famous athletes to ever wear the number four in sports history. We we saw someone else. We realized we were using a certain team, the New York Yankees, and we had talked a week or two ago about how we're Cleveland fans were brought up not to like Yankees That's and yet right. we were using Yankees players as our as the names of the podcast which doesn't seem right for a voice of the land I know that we're using more nationally known worldwide known athletes for this season which is good shows the acumen that we have as as sports oh, historians absolutely. yeah but I think it's important that we also adhere to our own fandom of the land. It's easy to go Yankees. I mean, you know, Yankees basically 1 to 30. I mean, you know, you have great players all throughout, you know, all throughout all those numbers. I mean, we did Derek Jeter, you know, two weeks Mm -hmm. ago. Then we did Babe. Obviously, we could have done Lou Gehrig, but it just doesn't feel right. We can't go Yankees three weeks in a row. No, can't do that. And, I mean, you look at Aaron Judge, who wears 99. I mean, that just yeah. shows. I mean, maybe he likes that number, but it also shows the Yankees don't have the— It's a great you know. manager number. Yeah, I, it's a, I like that. Tito has 77, yeah. so it, solid numbers. Solid numbers, but also, you know, the Yankees, they, they retire all these numbers because they have a famous athlete that— Does Boone wear 99? I don't think so. Oh, you said Judge. Yeah, Aaron Judge. Okay, yeah. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Judge, because these players don't, they don't always have a lot to pick from. You know, you got to kind of, the numbers are going to get up there. So right. Judge took the opposite end of the spectrum to get yes. to get his number. But we will get into all that as we get into the podcast. But first, Paulus, how you doing, man? Hanging in there. Uh, I got my, uh, I went to the eye appointment today, you know, eye doctor today. To dilate your eyes? Oh yeah, are you seeing okay right now? Uh, barely. How many many of you do do you see me? uh, I see about twelve. Twelve. How many fingers? Squinting. How many fingers? Twelve. I got three fingers up right now. (laughs) Damn, that's great Uh, radio right there. No, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I I went. It was about eight o'clock this morning, so my eyes are fine now. But for a while, like you get out of there, and they were like, Mm -hmm. "Hey, you know, do you mind if I can I grab one of those, uh, you know, the uh, you know glasses that they have, dark glasses?" Because I'm driving. They're like, oh, sorry, we don't have any. I'm like, 
for real? <laughs> you know, so I get in my car. I just chill in my car for a little bit, had the AC on, mm. cranked that. And uh, I sat there for a little bit until, you know, got some cloud coverage and wasn't so bright. Ended up driving home, squinting the entire way mm. home. and uh, But got home safely, didn't kill anyone. So that's a bonus. That That's definitely, it's definitely, definitely a, bonus. a bonus. Yeah. How about your day? It's been rough. It's been rough. It's okay. been a rough week. Really? Been waking up. Early for work, going in, a lot of a lot of new new product coming in this week as well. So okay. it's been football stuff or everything. Really, okay. everything. And I and you know where I work. You know uh, mm-hmm. you know what I do. We're the only ones in my area of of where I work. We're the only ones that are suffering. But we're the whole team working together, trying to get it done, trying to because I'm going out of town. Starting on Sunday. That's right, yeah. So, you know, trying to do as much as I can to help out so that people aren't inundated with stuff once I leave. Um, so, you know, I haven't, I've been working a lot of hours and I'm just kind of exhausted. You know, you hit Friday and I got one more shift before I, on tomorrow before <laughs> I, before I head off for a week. But, yep. um, which, speaking of which, since I am leaving, um, we will not record next week. Now, Paulus, right. Paulus, if you have anybody in mind. It's, you, it's possible, but I, I highly doubt right. it. I think I think we're going to have a next week off. Okay, so, so we, we may have one of those two-week breaks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a little bit more in this podcast, but kind of get you through, and we'll keep reminding you, and I'll make sure that when I'm out of town, I still repost it next week as well yep. so that people are tuning in, listening, getting their fix of the voice of the land for all those that tune in. Yep. Um, but excited to get out of town, even though it is a working vacation for this. Um, you know, all the stuff I do with the with the high school kids and stuff. It is a. It is. I'll just say it. It's band camp. I'm a. I'm a drumline. I'm a drumline advisor. I've always played the drums. Always been a percussionist. So I like to give back. And this is going to be. I guess I'll say it here. And if if anybody that tunes in is a part of the is a part of the band or anything mm-hmm. like that this will be my last year okay because you know you and i were both trying to break into this industry that's and, right you know sometimes sacrifices have to be made but it's true uh i definitely you know had the opportunity to go one last time and i want to give give back and help transition um and a lot of good a lot of good leaders though this year so i think the the kids will be able to handle it so it's that's great just kind of lending lending my voice everywhere (laughs) as we do here on the voice of land podcast as we do but definitely excited for that speaking of excitement excitement is brewing here in the land as we are only six days away from Brown's training camp opening in Berea, Ohio. Where is your level of excitement right now for Brown's football, Paulus? Through the freaking roof right now, man. Six days away. You're telling me six days from now we're going to get to see Baker, you know, completing passes to Odell, to Jarvis. We're going to get to see, you know, Kareem Hunt. We're going to see Nick Chubb. We're going to see this whole revamped offensive line that we have, defensive line, the backs. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I mean, you just can't wait. Can't wait. I mean, what's that? What's that gift? That's a, a f- oh, it's, uh, Sal Palatonio yeah. and uh, Bart Scott. Bart Scott, yeah. When he was when he was can't the Jets. Wait. 
<laughs> we're always that's one of I I think if we go into our Twitter that's one of our most used oh easily like it's because they always have like that favorite section of ones you're most commonly used the gifts you most commonly use on Twitter I think the Bart Scott one can't wait because we're always excited for something absolutely. here absolutely there's there's so, there's so much to be excited about I mean the Indians are, are are playing good baseball as well trying to make that push for October already it is hot outside. <sighs> Boy, is it hot outside yes, right it now! Is. But just thinking of thinking of football, those going from the heat of summer into the chill, but excitement of fall. Mm-hmm. It's just that that energy is really starting to brew in the city, and you you start to hear these guys. Certain guys are working out, still doing this, and they're chomping at the bit to get back. There, all the question marks, all the talk is almost done. It is time to put the product on the field, put the work in during mm-hmm. training camp, put the work in during practice to make what everything, everything that's being said, all the potential for this team. If you want to put that in motion, it all starts next Thursday. I know that the guys report on Wednesday, but the first official day of training camp will be Thursday. I, I think we're going to see a lot of players trickle in like Monday, yeah. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And can't say for sure Baker's going to be there first in the morning or anything like that. I mean, he's but coming knowing, off of a wedding and a honeymoon right. and stuff. So Which, he, hey, congrats. Good luck to uh, Baker and Emily. So. so as we preview training camp, let's start there. Let's start with Baker Mayfield. What do we need to see from Baker? What does Baker need to do during this training camp process to get this team headed in the direction that on paper it looks like it can go? What does he need to do? I think just lead by example. You know, coming in early in the morning, studying, getting people exactly where they need to be. You know, if someone's not lined up in the right spot, let's say Callaway. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to pick on Callaway, right. but he's probably going to be a third or fourth wide receiver in this grouping. So if, if Callaway forgets where he's supposed to line up, if he's supposed to be the X wide receiver instead mm-hmm. of the A or anything like that, then, you know, we, we got issues there. Hey, Baker, you know, like Baker's going to go out there. Dude, you got to move out. You got to bump out. You're not the slot. You got to come in. Odell, you switch with him. You just have to be prepared for everything that comes out there. And seeing Baker play last year, you knew he was a leader the moment he stepped out on the field and balled out of his mind, you know, against the Jets. He just has to have that same exact approach as what he had last year. And I think everything's going to be fine. How about you? I same as you honestly it's it's developing that leadership quality yeah. that's what that's what you really want to see yes he needs to work on routes with the wide receivers and knowing when they want to come out of breaks you know you saw some throws in the mini camp with Odell Beckham where o- Odell was kind of already into his break maybe on a crossing route and looked like he was reaching a little bit behind him right it's not that Baker is not accurate that's Oh, God, no. And people were trying to dissect those little clips and saying, you know, he's having a bad bad week or a bad practice during those mini camps. It, that, that does Odell's not— Odell's fast. Yeah, Odell's <laughs> fast. It does not indicate that Baker's lost any sort of accuracy. No. Just 
I just, in my mind, I continue to play because Jarvis Landry is a major influence and one of one of the podcast favorites here Absolutely. for the Voice of the Land. That throw against, was it Carolina, to Jarvis, who was double covered? Split the coverage. Split the coverage over the shoulder, right where it needed to be. 51 yards. Yep. The, only, the only person who could have gotten that was Jarvis Landry. Yeah. That is what accurate quarterbacks do. We named this podcast Brett Favre because it is the fourth episode. Well, who does Baker get get compared to most? A lot. Of Brett, Brett Favre. Favre. Yeah. Now Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions. And but that's that's gonna Baker's happen. probably gonna throw interceptions too. He's yeah. he's a gunslinger. Yeah. He's he, he takes risks and he doesn't he doesn't look back at what just happened. He's going to next time on. he goes out there. Uh, think about the uh, uh the Houston Texans game. That first half it couldn't, Three interceptions. Have gone, couldn't have gone any worse. Yeah. And then he came out the second half prepared, almost won the damn game. I it's it's what it comes out to. He needs to forget bad performances and just change them on a dime. And that's exactly what the great quarterbacks do in this league. Tom Brady had a terrible Super Bowl for the most mm-hmm. part. Oh, it was it was but bad he, offense all around, honestly. But he found the person. He f- kept finding Edelman. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you need to get down to the clutch time, you find Gronk. And then you just pound the ball. And then and then you win the game. And you win a, your sixth Super Bowl. Baker needs to just follow that lead. If, if something's not working, find something else. Just keep pounding until they stop you. And then find something else and keep pounding them then. And when you're having those bad days out there during games, because they are going to happen. They happen oh, for the best of absolutely. them. You're going to have a bad game. When do you when do you find those outlets that you can go to, that you can rely on, that you just talked about with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman? When do you develop those things? You develop those relationships, that chemistry in training camp. So we are going to see that develop. That's all well and good. The biggest thing, like I said, is leadership. Just continue to develop that. We see him making comments, and yes, he replies on Twitter, and he holds he he holds grudges at times. Now, in an interview with Mina Kimes on ESPN, it was a just great article. Great article. Um, saw the saw the interview on television a couple days ago. He's saying he's trying to get away from listening to all that and just focusing on what he needs to. And honestly, that's a sign of maturity. Now he's saying it. Will he do it? That's up to him. He he does need to let it go. If he wants to, at times, have that chip on his shoulder and use some of that stuff still as motivation, and that's what he finds as motivation, that's fine. But allowing yourself to get wrapped up into it where you are distracted from what your job is and going in the opposite direction of the baker we saw last year, that's when it becomes a problem. So he is trying to be that professional leader at the most prominent position in all of sports. Right. How about this? Outside of Baker, mm-hmm. okay, who is the uh, who's the most important person, player, or coach for the Browns? Most important player or coach? Yeah. I'm going to say that the most in well, Freddie Kitchens as as the new head coach. Okay. There's there's so many question marks sure. there because he hasn't been in this position leadership. He has ascended at a very fast rate. So I'm honestly not worried about Freddie. It's not that I'm worried. Yeah. But we we know that he is already a focal point. So right. kind of taking those two out because those mm-hmm. are two big names. One A one B. One A one B. I'm going to say I'm going to go with the podcast favorite. I'm going Jarvis Landry. Okay. Because beyond Baker, it is okay to have other leaders on the team. Mm-hmm. And 
the reason we saw Jarvis Landry as a number one wide receiver, he doesn't fit in the position. He fits as the leader in that room, in the wide receiver room, and as a whole team meeting room. If he can continue to have that effect and being basically brothers, as you and I are brothers, having that brother relationship with Odell Beckham, people think that he's he's a diva receiver, and yeah. you know, there's so there was there was so many problems that nobody even knows about in New York, or he was just such a such a cancer in the locker room, if you if you want to say it that way, or yeah. he was a problem in the locker room. You don't really you don't really hear those stories. No, there's no stories coming out about that. There's just a perception about him. Mm-hmm. Jarvis keeping him in keeping him in line relaying the messages from Baker and being that other example of what this team needs, being that team guy, more and more guys that show that mentality, the rest of the locker room, the lower lower levels of, of experience, those players buy into the culture, they they perform within that culture. Right. That just makes a stronger team. So it, maybe it's a little biased because I, I just I love his blessing. I love his blessing message. But I just I think that and you he did have a slight injury which kept kept him on in mini camp. It wasn't anything too they, major. Right. They he said could, if there was a game he would have played. He would have played. But you know those little nicks and stuff that you get in the summer you don't want you you Turning. don't want that to kind of linger and become more of a problem. So now seeing him out there on the field having that voice out there on the field is going to be very impactful at the start of training camp. Right. And everything that you said about Juice, mm-hmm. uh, I 100% agree with you on, but my choice is Odell. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is because Odell can come out and make a statement immediately by, especially in the first couple of games, and I know I'm, I'm viewing it a little bit you know, past the training camp aspect, but coming out this year, everyone's been talking, all, all Giants fans that are bitter, that are saying, oh, good luck. Good luck with Odell. He's a cancer in the locker room. He's going to do this. If you don't give him 15 balls, he's going to mm-hmm. freak out. What if we start winning and he only has five catches a game? Well, five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. How is he but acting? we win the game. How do you act? Or how do you act whenever you get double teamed 90% of the game and you only get three balls for 65 yards and no touchdowns, but you win the game 30 to 15? You know, something right. along the lines of that. How do you feel about that, Odell? Are you going to be a cancer? Are you going to freak out? Are you going to chuck your helmet? Are you going to hit the kicking net? Are you going to propose to the kicking net? What are we going to do? What are we going to see from you? All I want to see is that smile. I, it, like he doesn't have the luscious, you know, gold locks anymore. Yeah. But I just want to see him smiling on that, you know, that uh, uh, on on the sidelines, slapping everyone, just going crazy, loving the sport, loving the game of football, which is what he's been marketing towards. You know, especially with him and Jarvis doing that Nike commercial the moment he got traded. Mm-hmm. It's all about that brotherhood. It's all about that family. It's all about just playing football and having fun again. That's what I want to see from Odell. And I think he is the most significant person outside of Baker and Freddie. He is, to me, the most important person because he's such a lightning rod. And if nothing, if, if we go, let's say we go 11-5 and five and he has no blow-ups throughout this year, he ends up getting uh, 85 catches for 1,200 yards, but but like 12 touchdowns. It's a solid year. It's not his best year ever, but it's a solid year. But we're, you know, number one in the division. We have a home playoff game. 
if he's still happy and he's loving everything you mm-hmm. know coming from us, that's all I want to see because I want to. I hate the national media and what they're doing right now. You know, trying to you know come at the Browns and saying like, oh, we'll just wait until that blow up in the locker room happens. It's a stick of dynamite. It's going to happen. Shut up. I can't wait to see Odell shut them all up. And Odell's a unique personality. And the antics on the sideline that you saw in New York, you don't want that to translate over here. I'm okay with having that that unique personality, and I don't want Odell to be anything but himself. And it's fun when you're winning to see those kind of personalities come out. I'm okay with the antics going alongside the winning. Right. But if the antics are determining wins and losses, that's when yeah. that's when it's a problem. And the biggest test for this team will be when they really do go through adversity. You know, training camp, there's going to be good days and bad days for a lot of the guys. There's going to be different storylines that come out. You're still going to hear people, all these guys being interviewed during training camp, hearing the words come out of what they expect this season. Until you get to games, you don't get to see the performance necessarily and preseason games. They're meaningless. They're, they're meaningless because they don't play as much. And Except for that third one when everyone plays like a half. Yeah, but you, you see where you're easy. at. Yeah. It's basically a test to see where you're at with your development, with all the install that you've done. It's more and, about rookies and getting yeah. those guys playing. Time. Yeah, and seeing which guys you want to keep, which ones, you know, get your roster down to 53. Right. It's those moments of adversity that I'm really looking at as this season goes on. Who is stepping up? to be that that leader beyond just Baker, who's following his lead to keep the guys, hey, Baker's saying it, you guys better be here too. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. I'm here. I'm Odell Beckham. I'm Jarvis Landry. I'm here with them. Yeah, I'm making all this money, but I'm here. I'm putting the extra work. Who's coming with us? Yep. That's the that's the type of team you want to see get through adversity and become the team that they expect to be. I think they will. I I think they will too. So, looking forward to training camp next week. I'll be in I'll be in Pennsylvania, so I'll be <laughs> I'll be keeping tabs on on all the storylines, and I'm sure I'm sure you and I will be oh, texting back and forth. We'll and, be yeah. Did you, oh, did you see that? Did you see that highlight on on Twitter? Did Don't you, you worry. Yeah, we'll we'll be in contact for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to my phone you know what i just gotta mention this i forgot my phone today Mm -hmm. coming coming to record i actually feel pretty good but i just know when i get when i get when i get back home and i get to my phone there's going to be just all this stuff oh yeah this is going to be one of those days you know i don't get any notifications for the most part (laughs) i get all the bleacher reports the espns i don't get like too many snapchats or texts or stuff I'm going to get home. There's going to be stuff that I've missed. Everything. Everything. Everything tonight. It's going to be one of those days where I'm going to have to be like, sorry, just send send like a mass, mass text to everybody. Sorry, did not have my <laughs> phone. Could not could not respond. Right. So I'll, I may have to I may have to send like a, a tweet or something. But I'm sure that I'll, I'll get, get to my phone at different points next week and I'll, I'll see messages on Twitter. Yeah. You sending me different tweets of what's going on. <laughs> You're going to have to help me keep it, keep in the loop, man, because I don't know how much. I, I will. I got you. How much you. internet access I'll have where I'm going to be at. So. I got you covered. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Switching gears to the Indians. Now, we talked about last week as we previewed the second half of the season how important the Minnesota the, the series against the Minnesota Twins was going to be to open the second half. Indians end up only winning one of those three games, so they sat at the end of that series six and a half games back. 
Minnesota had an off day this past Monday. Indians are in the midst of this long homestand against Central Division opponents, so they really get that half a game back by beating the Detroit Tigers in the first game of that series. So they they win the last game against the Twins. Now you fast forward; they've swept the Tigers, which they're supposed to do. They have the Kansas City Royals coming into town for three starting tonight. You need to win at least two or three there against the bad teams. You go, yep. then you go to Toronto. Toronto, 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 yeah. and then you go to Kansas City again. So before you play Houston in about a week, week and a half, where you really get to test a test against a good team, I think you got what twelve games, like eleven or twelve games, you know, up until you face yeah. Houston. So yeah, it's it's right there. You won eleven in a row against Detroit, like Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. who's your daddy, basically. Right. So uh, there was a stat uh, uh, from ESPN uh, Cleveland, Jordan Climack, uh, stated that out uh, since 2016, uh, the uh, the Indians have played Detroit 69 times. How many wins do you think that they have? Over those 69? Yep. I'll go 48. No, higher. 54. 52. Okay. Still phenomenal. Like, you can't do any better. Since 2016, that's the biggest beatdown of any team versus team. It's 52 and 17. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, so the fact that you're beating up on the you know on the terrible opponents, we got a couple of them in this division. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely need to do that. You know, keeps getting our AL Central win total up there. Every once in a while, you know, Minnesota's going to fall. I mean, they they fell to Oakland a couple you know a couple of days ago, and they you know, fell they, to the Mets. They fell to the Mets. They, they fell almost, to the Mets. They almost didn't win last night's game. They ended mm-hmm. up you know winning six back three, to win. but you know. Coming back to win, but you were almost three games out with you know another two weeks until you have to face Houston. Theoretically, you could end up leading this division by the time Houston series rolls around, which is something that once again nobody nobody saw coming because it, the distance it, you got were like, so wide. You were the, Fourteen games out, the gap got so wide so quick with the way this team was playing. Jose Ramirez wasn't wasn't hitting well. There wasn't any consistency to the offense. Yeah, you had Francisco Lindor leading it. He's struggling right now, going through the typical baseball struggles that you will. And he looks, to me, I've covered a couple games since the second half has started. He does look a little little drained from the All-Star break. I don't want to I don't want to say tired or or exhausted. Everybody's going to go through that. The, sure. It's a long baseball season, but he does look like he has felt the effects coming into this homestand because he didn't really get a break. No. Yet that Monday and Tuesday, he's here being the face of being the face of the All-Star week here in Cleveland. Yeah. Then Wednesday, Thursday of off, they had a workout that Thursday. So really you only had Wednesday off. I think he's pulling through, but he, and he'll come through. Don't we don't have to worry about Francisco? Right. Lindor. Yeah, Frankie's like the last thing on my mind yeah. of, of falling off a cliff. You know, like there's a lot of other people out there on this team that I'm more concerned about. You know, hey, are they going to do the right thing? Are they? We know Frankie is going right. to be okay. But it looked like the Indians overall were falling off the cliff. Right after being the Central Division champs the last three years, yeah, it looked like they were really falling off the cliff, and after the offseason they had, it was doom and gloom. Well, now you fast forward to mid-July, 
you're only four games back. That focus of chasing a team rather than being chased and having that wide gap, now they're they have attention on every single game like Terry Francona tells them. Don't worry about what happened in the ballpark yesterday. Don't worry about what's coming up the next day. Only worry about winning today. And that is a culture basis that they have established in the Indians organization all the way through, honestly. So you look at you look at this Indians team, they're doing what they're supposed to do against the bad teams. And Minnesota's starting to feel that pressure. The key to the Indians overtaking and being able to get over the hump and get back to the top of the Central Division is can you show this resolve, this consistency, this attention to detail against the good teams? It's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little over a week before you get a chance to test that. So you need to continue to build this momentum against the bad teams. A lot of talk still out there about Trevor Bauer getting traded to now the San Diego Padres. Uh, there's talk out there who were in the mix to get Corey Kluber at the beginning of the year. Uh, right now, the Padres are a bottom dweller. Mm. You know, they're they're but they're four games out of that wild card spot. How should fans feel about? Uh, Trevor Bauer possibly getting traded or Brad Hand getting traded if the Indians are sellers instead of buyers on the uh, July deadline? Well, if you trade Trevor Bauer or even Brad Hand to a certain extent, I definitely don't want to get rid of Brad Hand for I, how right. good he's been. You can't get rid of Brad Hand. You don't have anybody that's that understands the closer role. Brad yeah. Hand came in understanding Simber's it. not a closer. He's a setup. Right, and, he, and Brad Hand quickly transition into a closer role once Cody Allen was let go by this team. So I guess with Brad Hand, I don't want to see him go. But to the Trevor Bauer story, depending on what you get for Trevor Bauer, it doesn't necessarily signify being sellers. Okay. I know that for me, if I see this team trading a Trevor Bauer or anybody else on this roster and you're getting prospects back that can't help you people, players that can't help you right now in this race towards the Central Division, towards the playoffs, at least to a wild card, that is going to anger myself along with a lot of fans. Okay, I think that... Again, Turbauer adds to this pitching staff that has been pretty consistent, pretty good all year long for the Indians, going through some rough stretches, had to bring some guys up from the minors. They've pitched pretty well and maintained that quality and that depth that the Indians have in their pitching staff, at least in the starting core. Mm-hmm. And bullpen's been a little bit better than it's been in the last yeah. last couple seasons. But if you are only trading for prospects and you're only planning for your future, I'm going to tell you right now, that won't play well in the clubhouse either. Oh, I'm sure. I was listening, to, listening to the fan earlier today, Jason Lloyd of The Athletic, who used to cover the Cavs and now covers more of a bigger basis, general basis here in Cleveland, was talking about, you know, talking to some guys in, in the locker room and their mindset has kind of changed hearing rumors of guys being traded when they were the gap was wider between them and the Minnesota Twins they're like they were intrigued more so what can we what would we get that's right you know depends on what we get for them that, that that'll determine how I feel 
right now they really don't want to they only want to add they don't want to get rid of the boat they don't want to rock the boat they don't want to get rid of the main pieces or the guys that are seen as main pieces main leaders in that clubhouse and do you consider trevor bauer a main leader leader, that's that's where it comes out to because is he a phenomenal pitcher absolutely right but a leader i don't know yeah i i wouldn't i guess i I wouldn't use leader okay as a good word for trevor bauer but he is a big piece and yeah he is he is a clubhouse favorite a lot of the guys they don't want to see they don't want to see him go they don't want to see one of those main pieces go they want to see pieces added to this team i'm with you i don't want to see them trading trevor for double a prospects and you know me i love the future yeah. i i am mr draft picks over here but this is and and i've said it before this is one of your last shots mm-hmm. at a title and Honestly, what what do the Yankees need starting pitching? What does Houston need starting pitching? There's people out there that just they need the things that we need or that that we have, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm not willing to give you those pieces. I don't want to go into Houston because to, we're going after the same thing. Exactly, cuz we're going after the same thing. If we if we traded him to the Padres, let's be honest, we're not going to see the Padres. Right. We're, I don't I'm not worried about the Padres making it to the World Series. That's why I would prefer to keep Trevor on this team because he gives you the best chance. I don't want another Josh Donaldson situation where we trade to get a guy, bring him in, and then he hits nothing in the three-game playoff series. Yep. We need somebody to come in here. If you do trade Trevor Bauer, that is going to be mashing home runs, doing stuff that gets us on base, gets us runs, everything like that. You can't promise me that there's someone out there like that. So I say let's stick to our guns. Let's go with what got us here, which is that starting pitching. And Trevor Bauer, as crazy and as much of a nutcase as he is, is a phenomenal pitcher. And I think he could help us go all the way. You want guys that give you opportunities to win. You want guys right. on the mound that give you opportunities to yes. win. And Trevor Bauer is one of those guys. Now, reacting to a, tr- a trade for Trevor Bauer, again, have to look and see what the Indians would get. The Indians organization, yes, they, uh, they always have an eye to the future, and, and I'm okay with that to an extent. But the Indians have always done a great job of having an eye to the future but when they're contending, still getting stuff for now. Brad Hand, they brought in Brad Hand because they were preparing for the future of not being able to re-sign Cody Allen right. or Andrew Miller. But also, because they knew that they would have him under control the way the contract they were trading for, they knew that he could help them as a setup piece last year and then come in this year and transition to that closer role. So they were able to do both. They are able to do those things. But don't go out there and trade a Trevor Bauer or trade a Brad Hand when you haven't really groomed anybody to be a closer, especially. Don't trade names and key pieces to your team like that if you're only going to show your fans Hey, we traded Trevor Bauer for uh, the fourth-ranked prospect of, the, of this team, and, and right. we're going to send them to Double A, or we're going to send them to Single A, High A, Lynchburg. <laughs> that definitely, that definitely won't play. the The closest you want them is at least Triple A, but yeah. you want maybe a prospect or two plus one or two guys that are bona fide, able to play right now, or even just capable 
MLB players that are used to that moment, used to the big ballparks, and can come in and help extend, stretch out this lineup, make it deeper so that you're not putting so much pressure on Jose Ramirez to continue what he's doing, putting pressure on Francisco Lindor to be that leader and be the main setup guy. I think the, I think the thing that I like about this team right now, before we, before we close this, is the bottom part of the lineup has been the start of the offense the last few games. And this five-game winning streak since that last game against the Twins, once you got into the second, third inning when the bottom part of the lineup would come up with Naquin, um, Kipnis has been down there a few times, Roberto Perez, guys like that that you're not expecting a lot from but to contribute and be be a piece, they're the ones being the spark plug for the offense, and I, and then the offense really starts to kick in during I, those games. I couldn't believe what uh, Roberto's doing this year. He's oh, been yes. phenomenal. Been phenomenal. Unbelievable. That guy couldn't hit his way out of a wet paper bag last year, mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, and he has been nothing but amazing. He's hitting 250 right now, mm-hmm. but before, he was batting 180. It's unbelievable. Such a great improvement by him, and he's still the phenomenal def- defensive catcher that we've you know come to love. He's taking advantage of an opportunity, and he's succeeding, and it's been great to see that, but like I said, it's great to see this bottom part of the lineup be that spark plug because once the top of the lineup starts to find that consistency and Francisco Lindor follows Jose Ramirez, gets back to his form, that just makes you more dangerous. And yep. these guys want to see players added. Let's see what happens over the next week and a half leading into the end of the month as the trade deadline comes up on July 31st. As we wind down this episode, the fourth episode of Season 2, the <laughs> Brett Favre episode of the Voice of Land podcast, a couple things just wanted to close it out. I don't want to get too deep in these comments. Jim Harbaugh, the school up north, Michigan, head football coach had some comments about Urban Meyer um, I, I got him okay. yeah I got him right here he said uh, uh, Urban Meyer had a winning record really phenomenal record everywhere he's been but also controversy follows him everywhere he's been so just looking at the not even looking at the name of the person that commented on that you look at those you just look at the comments for what they are there is some truth to that there has Absol- been controversy 100% you, those that have the Scarlet and Gray, I mean, I'm a huge, yep. huge Ohio State fan. That's what I was, that's the college team that's the closest to professional team that I was raised to cheer for and, mm-hmm. and root for. You're born in Ohio. Born in Ohio. Yep. Got the Scarlet and Gray. Yeah. But if you got, if you have the Scarlet and Gray blinders on, just like if you have the orange and brown or the, <laughs> the, uh, red, white, and blue, or the wine and gold blinders on, yep. and you can't see what's really going on. Yes, Urban Meyer has a lot of controversy that's been going on. Mm-hmm. But the from coming from Jim Harbaugh, who, you know, there's been a little bit of controversy with him, too. But also, what has happened in the past against Urban Meyer since Urban Meyer's been Ohio State and Harbaugh's been at Michigan? Who's gotten the best of that, that side of the rivalry? Urban Meyer. Uh-huh, Who's sure. still upset about that? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Who thinks that now that Urban Meyer's not the leader anymore, who thinks that They're Michigan football is going to take off this year? Jim Harbaugh. J- Jim Harbaugh. I think a lot of it has to do with big brother, little brother yeah. sort, sort of sort of mindsets. And uh, uh, Dan Orlovsky said it on uh, – tw- or I'm sorry, not on Twitter, but on uh, Get Up This Morning. I believe it was Dan Orlovsky. 
And he he came out and said, you know, this just feels like Big Brother versus Little Brother. Big Brother keeps beating the hell out of, out of yeah. Little Brother. When's the only time Little Brother talks? Whenever Big Brother's out of the room. That's exactly how it feels. Because now that Urban's no longer the coach at Ohio State, he's still at Ohio State in the athletic office doing whatever he's doing down there. But he's no longer coaching on the field. Now it's Ryan Day. Or, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Harbaugh comes out and, you know, he thinks he can start puffing out his chest. There's a lot of Michigan people out there that are puffing out their chests right now. Jalen Rose even said it. He's like, for the last 15 years or so, I, I kept quiet. I didn't say anything. I didn't puff out my chest. I didn't do anything. But now I'm puffing out my chest. Well, yeah, because you view Ryan Day as, as a nobody. I'm here to tell you, Ryan Day is for real. Ryan Day is an offensive guru that is going to be – him and Justin Fields, are they're going to click. They've already clicked if you watch the Scarlet and Gray practices. They're going to be they're going to be hard to stop. And Ryan Day is coming from that Lincoln Riley sort of factor mm-hmm. mindset and he's already said, you know, Lincoln Riley's been helping him yeah. out a lot. That just spells bad news for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. So I wouldn't be saying anything if I were you, Jim. It, it, this is just me coming to you, man. Wait until you win a game against Ohio State. You are 1 in 10 versus or I'm sorry, you are one in four against top ten teams. That's not good. Nope. That's not good enough, brother. If you're the coach of Michigan, which is a national powerhouse or used to be, you better bring up your A game because I'm telling you right now, winning nine and a half, you know, nine and a half games a year at Michigan, it's a good thing to do. But if you're 0 and four against Ohio State, dude, you better step up your game because if Ryan Day beats you, a you should be gone because you just should be. You can't go 0-5 against Ohio State and keep your job. But B, who else is going to take you in, man? You're crazy. Yeah, because at Ohio State, we both believe that Ryan Day is the real deal. I agree, yeah. And Jim Harbaugh apparently doesn't, and that's why he's puffing out his chest. Good luck. But if Ryan Day isn't the... Isn't the deal that he that we think he is? Ohio State's not going to take very long to make the decision to make sure their football program gets back to maintaining or not suffering too long of an era of not being a dominant football team. That's the era you're in. You're trying to recruits. There's more ways to connect with them. You can see their highlight film. Everybody gets to see that now all over Twitter. So if Ohio State wants to be the school that draws attention, if they're going to send an offer to a kid and they want to be a powerhouse that says to a kid, this is where you should come, this is where you can win national championships, Ohio State's going to do what they need to do to get a coach in there to attract those recruits to come to that school. Because you get to, you do get to choose there. Once you get to the draft, you you don't. Yeah. So, but in college, you get to choose where you're going to go, and you're going to be there for at least three years. Ohio State's going to do what they can. The school up north, and I can't believe I used the word that much on this podcast <laughs> so far. But the school up north has not shown that they are really a true power because they haven't done anything with Brady Hoke or Jim Harbaugh allowing that Rich Rodriguez Rich Rodriguez allowing those eras to last too long 
and not trying to get back to the powerhouse they are. And I'm okay with it. If, if Scarlet and Gray of Ohio State, the Ohio State University, is going to keep beating up on the school up north. Totally fine with it. I'm all for it. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Uh, so before we wrap up, I see that you're wearing your, your Cleveland Indian shirt, but you got the Marvel superheroes on there. I do. Just wanted to quickly ask you, have you seen Spider-Man Far From Home? I have. As we are big Marvel fans here on the Voice of the Land podcast, yes. what did you think? Just quickly, as before we wrap I, up. I thought it was a solid. I thought it was solid. I still, you know, I'm actually probably going to go home and watch Homecoming. Okay. Uh, again, just to kind of debate on on it. I've actually seen, uh, you know, I, I've seen Far From Home, uh, you know, a couple of times so far. It's a it's a solid movie. I I, I don't know what the rating for it is yet because I really want to watch Homecoming again okay. just to see, you know, compare. How it is. Com- yeah, because yeah, I think right now it's outside of my top ten for a Marvel movie, uh, but it's 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 up there. It's probably 11, 12, 13, 14. It, it's all right there. I think I have uh, Homecoming at 12 right now. So it might be at number 11. Yeah, and there's there's so many movies, and we talked about about a month ago how Marvel movies, you know, we rank them 1 to, what, 23, 24 yeah. movies in, in the first three phases of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. When you rank those, a lot of those movies are ahead of other movies, oh, yeah. whether it's DC or other action sure. movies or any other movie you see. That's a that's a high standard. So those are still your list is kind of the a higher standard for mm-hmm. for movies. For me, I actually saw Spider Man Far From Home again yesterday. Okay, I actually liked it even more the second time. Really, and okay. that's that's been that's a rarity for me. Because when I when I saw Endgame and I saw Infinity War, I see Captain America movies. I see them the first time. And I see them the second time. It's like the I guess the intrigue, the the big plot twist. That's all taken away because you know what's what's happening right. going in. I kind of had an idea of what of what would happen going mm-hmm. into this movie. I'm avoiding spoilers still just because of it's, yeah. you know, it's only it's, it's a couple, weeks, couple weeks out. But I went in doing a little more uh, comic book research. So I kind of had – I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. Loved the movie. Same. Yeah. Loved the movie but wasn't – I didn't get the Marvel – uh, the the big twist type feel right. A lot of people you know that aren't you know comic book ready. Mm. I mean, you and I were. I don't think that we grew up you know. Oh my god, I, I read every single comic right. book or anything. That's like that. not. But I do research on oh, it yeah. before I go see the movie. Yeah, just like you. Yeah. So I'm not trying to get plot plot things for the actual movie and how they're right. using it, but just kind of overall like what's going to be a part of the movie. How was that used in the comic books? Yes. Kind of see how they use in the movie. Compare the two, but. Now that I had gotten that out of the way with the first one, the second viewing, I actually loved it even more. I, yeah. I, I did like it a lot more the second time. Phase four is San Diego Comic-Con. It, the biggest Comic-Con mm-hmm. event in the world is happening this week. That's a bucket list thing for me. Been there. It was awesome. Crap. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> but it, it's it's going on this weekend. Phase four apparently is dropping, I believe, tomorrow. They're, they're going to talk all about phase four and all of the upcoming movies that are going to be coming out, when they're supposed to be coming out, everything like that. What do you think that we see? Do you think that we see Black Panther 2, possibly mm-hmm. 3? Yeah. I, I know we're going to see 2. Uh, 2, at sure. least, in Phase 4. Right. 3 would seem like it would be more how of many, Phase 5. How many Doctor uh, Doctor Stranges do you think we see? One. I, I think uh, yeah, I think we see another, you know, so Doctor Strange 2. I don't think we see 3. Uh, a leak that came out, we are going to get uh, Thor 4. Yes. So yes. we are getting uh, Same, possibly po- as Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Right. right. That, that's what it would be considered. That's one of the main comic books uh, out there for Guardians and Thor teaming up. So And that th- would be directed by the same one that did the Takiti, Thor, Rag- right. Thor Ragnarok. So yeah. that was a loved, great movie. Great top, movie. I think it's top five or six for me. It's, okay. it's right there. i got to go through my rankings, but I, mm-hmm. I'll be ecstatic if there's some sort of reinvigoration of Avengers okay. indicated. I don't know if Phase 4 would do that. Right. But if there is, oh, count me in. Absolutely. 100, 3,000 percent. Yep. 3,000. <laughs> 3,000 percent. So, but that is going to wrap it up here for the Voice of Land podcast. For Nick Paulus, I am Kevin Arnold telling all of you out there that listen to this podcast that are sports fans, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And we love you 3,000. Remember, we are off next week. So, we packed a lot in for you. Listen several times, get your voice and land fixed for two weeks, and we'll be back right back here for episode five of season two. Until then, like I said, we love you 3000. See you soon.